and welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org. We encourage you to go check out the multitude of progressive uh, <clears throat> products and uh, uh, offerings that we have there. Uh, well, also, check us out on all of our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere you might pick up your podcast. Uh, I am here today, as always, with my good buddy, Caleb. How are you doing today, Caleb? I'm doing great today, Mark. How about I'm you? Excellent. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing really pretty good. I'm excited about our show, as always. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and as always, as well, we need to remind people, uh, if you have not seen Andor, which we'll be talking about today, uh, this... You, you might want to pause this and come back after you've watched it because this is not a spoiler-free zone. As a matter of fact, it's a spoiler-full zone, so just be prepared for that. We like to geek out about it and talk about all the pieces, even the pieces that would spoil it if you haven't seen it. And as we always do, Caleb, it is time to share what themed drinks that we are doing. Andor was an interesting one to come up with a themed drink. I am very curious to see what direction you went on this. Yeah, so a lot of times what we do is we we look and see if there are pre-made themed drinks. My, yeah. Mark sometimes yeah. creates his own. I'm not I'm not From typically that time. creative. Uh, but <laughs> there aren't a lot for Andor. So I no. went and I just did something in the Star Wars universe that appealed Fair to enough. me, that spoke to me. Fair enough. Uh, so I have got a Grogu here. Oh, I love it. Can you see it? Even it got looks, the ears. It looks a little bit like yes. Grogu. I like it. Yeah, got it's eyes, green. Got the color, the it lime got the ears. ears. I like yes. it. Very yeah, nice. so it's a it's What's a spiked mountain. It's a spiked Mountain Dew. Okay. <laughs> Mark. Okay, so it's just it's just Mountain Dew it with. and vodka. It's it's hey. it's very simple to make. So that means you can right. make it at home if you want. You've fantastic, probably already fantastic. got all the ingredients. I love it. I like it. I like it. Well, you? Uh, we're we're doing Andor, which is a prequel mm -hmm. to Rogue One. So I went a little rogue. I'm not doing a mixed ah, drink per se. Okay. Uh, what I have done is I, I I have my mason jar with vanilla ice cream. Uh huh. And a beer a double chocolate stout from as you can see rogue rogue brewery. yes so yeah. i'm taking my double chocolate stout i'm putting over top of my vanilla ice cream for a uh, chocolate stout um float so I'm, I'm i i of course this is going to be good but i, I figured you know play play with the rogue idea a little bit use rogue brewery go a little rogue and do this so Cheers to you, sir. And Cheers, here's Mark. to a good show. We'll catch all the rest of you on the other side of this break. everyone and welcome back to the moonshine jesus show where today we are talking about the new star wars series streaming on disney plus andor so andor is this part of the ever-growing star wars universe it is mm -hmm. a prequel to the star wars 
uh, spinoff film, Rogue One, as Mark mentioned. And we get to follow the thief-turned-rebel spy Cassian Andor during the five years leading up to the film. And so if you're not super familiar with how the Star Wars universe works, there are a lot of different shows going on right now, streaming on Disney+. And a lot of them take place at different times. So this takes place between the prequel trilogy trilogy that we got in the mm-hmm. er, yep. early 2000s and mm-hmm. uh and the the regular trilogy that uh that mm-hmm. came in the 70s and 80s yeah. and so if if you have a hard time following that out there folks uh don't don't worry you're not the only ones <laughs> this is well, one of the challenges of being a star wars fan is that yeah. you have to kind of exist in multiple times to to really right. get i mean feel of us. We're, we're talking about a prequel to a prequel, right? Rogue yes. One is the prequel to the original trilogy, and then Andor is the prequel to the pre. So, yeah, timelines get a little weird. And I've got to admit, Mark, even to give that summary, I had a visual image of all of the Star Wars uh, franchise mm-hmm. uh, movies and series yeah. so that I could keep track of exactly Makes where sense. this fell, you know? Yeah, but here's the exciting racist. thing. It, it it does have to do with Rogue One, which is a yeah. very unique Star Wars film. Oh, and yeah. so I don't know about how you felt about this, Mark, but I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. to see uh, that we got this uh, this kind of prequel to Rogue One come out. Were, yeah. were you surprised that that happened? Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it coming at all. I mean, I thought Rogue One itself was a little unusual because we were getting kind of a backstory to how mm-hmm. to... Ultimately, how did Princess Leia get the plans from R2-D2 so that they could figure out how to take out the Death Star? Um, and and I, I didn't necessarily, as even Rogue One was announced, think, I'm not sure like how engaged am I going to be with that particular story? Turns out, one of the best movies. Super. Just yeah. Incredible. But yeah, when they announced that they were going to do a prequel to the prequel, I was like, well, what more story <laughs> is there to actually tell here? Um, and I've been really pleasantly surprised because very good. Yeah. And we can get to this in the political part, but yeah. I mean, this is a very political story mm-hmm. and what we have, this is the reason I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah. it, it's so different than regular star Wars. We're seeing common folks uh-huh. take on the empire. And we can talk about mm-hmm. that without the force. Yeah. Right. You know, there's no special superhuman powers. There's mm-hmm. no magical stuff. There's no uh, 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 superheroes that have to be around to confront this oppressive empire. And I'm kind of loving that we finally have that story in Star Wars. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, that's that's it is exciting. I and uh, the other uh, the other thing that that kind of lends itself to is not so much of a dichotomous good versus evil, you know, like light mm-hmm, side mm-hmm. of the force versus the dark side of the force, but we get right. a lot more moral gray area, which I think is mm-hmm. a lot more interesting to explore. Yeah. You know, uh, it's a lot more like life uh, where right. we, where things aren't quite as clear cut as they often are yeah. in the movies. And so mm-hmm. that's one thing that spoke 
to me about this right away is we we have Cassian, you know, who's got kind of this this history that we don't know a ton about and we're learning about, and uh, we we get to see him make make his way, uh, you know, uh, stealing stuff from from the empire and trying to sell it to make a living, and we see yeah. him engage in kind of this kind of moral gray area, which I thought was yeah. uh, pretty interesting to explore. Uh, what do you think of Cassian as a character? What do you What do you think about? Him? I, I really like, like him? Cassian. I, I yeah. find him intriguing and, and probably one of the more real characters that we've seen uh, in Star Wars, just in general. Because um, you know, th there's this willingness to do whatever it takes to survive, which honestly is probably true for m more folks in the world than. Um, these kind of idealistic where there's either someone who's very, very dark and always kind of like you're saying the gray area. I, I love that we get this character that's navigating all these gray spaces that like anything that he does that might be just as wrong. And we shouldn't be doing those kind of things in some ways. They also show it like, this is what he has to do to survive. Yes, it, it might not be the way that we see morals should really work out, but we also recognize that he deserves to be able to live and to be able to survive. And, you know, and so they also give the backstory we, we get in this, which I kind of yeah. like about him because uh, we see at least part of this kind of uh, how he suffered from the empire abusing um, um, the environment. And how that became an oppressive place for him, and how he's a product of that, and the, and ultimately we're going to see him going up against the empire that created him to be who he is, which is kind of this beautiful poetic symmetry kind of going on there. I I, I just like every direction it's going in, man. I don't know I, what. Yeah. I think you're right. I I think that's I think that is cool, and I I think that it speaks to you know the the vast evilness that empire often can be, and the the kinds of impacts that it can, uh, yeah. the negative impacts that it can have that often you don't uh, you know you don't think about. I I also like yeah. not just Cassian, but I think there's a richness of other characters, supporting characters that uh, mm -hmm. that we kind of get to learn about, I and agree. and they feel very real too, which which I, I really appreciate. And we, we still get to see some real strong female uh, characters mm -hmm. in here uh, begin to develop as well. And, uh, you know, uh, people who are kind of with Cassian, uh, you know, his, his contact Bix, I think the, the traitor on the, on the uh, planet he's on. And then when he goes yeah. and a girlfriend, uh, I think there's a lot of story yes. there. I think there's some story. I think there, there is. I think, and I think she's going to be a you, very important I think we're we're going to get a backstory going on between them. I'm pretty sure it, that that was a they had good chemistry too. I really liked the kind of uh, un unintentional flirtation, but removed mm -hmm. from each other. You could tell there's a story there. And I think I think we're going to find out he's looking for a sister. You know, I think we're going to find out that oh, yeah. she's got some kind of an important role. I, I think that's going to be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. And uh, even as we're in the episode, we've watched four episodes so far, and he's uh, following this this female leader 
who's planning this attack. Uh, and so I think that uh, there's lots of other interesting characters that are right. that we've begun to see. And I think that's one of the things that has made this really engaging and fun. Yeah, yeah. is that is that you know you get to know the characters and you're going different places right. in the Star and Wars. And so, some of them are new characters like Bix and mm -hmm. Deidre, who's part of the the lead of what becomes probably the Rebel Alliance, and that he's having to 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 kind of follow her lead on but there's also kind of the fun of getting reintroduced to certain characters like senator monmatha yeah. where mm -hmm. we didn't really know her full backstory we right. you know, like she's incredible she becomes yeah. a, a, a chancellor of the new republic ultimately uh -huh. but we get to see her her home life and we get to see her early right. on and separating from the empire and what they're going to do mm -hmm. uh, and i found that really intriguing i can't wait to episode five Cause that yeah. that dinner that's going to happen at her uh -huh. house, I think <laughs> it's going to be a little contentious, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And one of the characters that was mentioned is Sly Moore, and that's probably uh -huh. only really deep geeks that understand who Sly Moore is. So Palpatine, the big bad guy, has this woman who kind of is his constant sidekick, bald-headed woman, but she's like this mind control mind reader, and she's going to be there. So here you have Senator Monmatha, who is beginning to break away and, and help right. form the Rebel Alliance, uh -huh. who's going to be, right now at least, the seating chart has her right beside Sly Moore. I, yeah. I think yeah. the, next, the next episode is going to be fireworks, man. We haven't had any fireworks yeah. yet to speak of, but... Yeah. Uh, outside of it was cool when he was escaping and all of the uh, uh, chains dropped yeah. down and all and that was a little bit of fireworks yeah. and it was cool. It was really a yeah yeah. yeah. But it, I think that's another great part of it. It's such a beautifully shot show. Like the the it graphics really are incredible. The costuming man is off the charts. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I like everything about the show so far. I do too. And I think that's another thing that, you know, we don't talk about a whole lot on the show, but it's one of the things that makes it feel real is whenever you've got kind of a, a full yeah. universe that with, uh, you know, you've got a, an alien language fully developed. People aren't just speaking in English and we get to see that some on Canary mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. we see Cassie and as a kid, you know, we get to, yeah. we get textures of different planets and different backgrounds. And that's one of the world building things that makes it feel uh, very real. And that's one of the things I think, you know, the Star Wars universe has done very well in these streaming mm -hmm. shows is that it's it really expanded the universe in such a way that we've seen a lot more world building where yeah. we're not just going to the same places, to the same planets. And we we get to feel mm -hmm. a little bit more immersed in the universe. So I'm with you. I think that's one of the things yeah. that really makes it kind of fun, especially if you're Star Wars geeks like we are, and you want more, <laughs> right. you know, no matter how much yeah. they get, even if it's kind of a, a niche little story little, that yeah. uh, <laughs> that you're still mm -hmm. like, oh, more, I need I need more Star Wars. There's not enough Star Wars, you know? And so, uh, so it's yeah. been fun to see, and we've gotten a lot of Star Wars this year. And so uh, getting- We have, it, it's been really great good. too. And I yeah. kind of it love- It has been. They're, they're, they're kind of going in all, so many different cool directions. Like- yeah. You have Obi-Wan, which in a lot of ways just plays to fandom. I mean, uh -huh. it gives a little right. backstory of Obi-Wan, but also it's really just the build up to mm -hmm. getting to see another uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight. So great. Right. Wonderful. Love yeah. it. 
But then we also get Andor, which is just really mm-hmm. dark and gritty down to earth. Mm-hmm. Like the force really has very little to do with this, but it's set in the same yeah. universe, but it's still doing the same thing that Star Wars has always done and making commentary about fascist regimes. Mm-hmm. I, I love how they're giving us all these different approaches to that storyline. I just think, I think it's a, a really well thought out in a lot of ways. I feel like this is, it does everything for star Wars that, uh, that they're, they're doing for Marvel in that we get mm. all these different types of approaches to telling the story. And I don't know that any other two, um, 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 themed, uh, storylines have ever done this where we, we're not just superhero, superhero, superhero. We're comedy. We're down to earth. We're mm-hmm. like, I, I love that they're giving us all these different approaches and ways to, uh, of enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the many advantages, I think, of these uh, streaming services. You know, there's a lot of debate about mm-hmm. <laughs> about streaming s- services and their sure. value. But one of the really cool things about it is that it really allows us to have these kinds of shows we wouldn't have been able mm-hmm. to have uh, even, no. you know, a decade ago. We I mean, never would We did She-Hulk just a few weeks yeah. ago. We did she Yeah, and... and, and I mean, a comedy of, about a, a, a female Hulk. I mean, who would have ever imagined? But right. Because How we would have, that be success? Yeah. Right. But because we have Disney, we got it. And I'm glad we got it because it's incredible, right? Yes, it absolutely and, is. And that's and, probably the same thing with Andor. Andor. I mean, what's the chances that a non, non-Force-themed show about Star Wars could be made outside of you know it's a, zero i mean there are yeah. no lightsaber yeah. fights right that's right. that's right that's what star wars was all about i don't right? think it's, we're it's four shows in we're four shows no. in i don't think anyone's no, no even lightsaber. mentioned the force no they haven't they haven't no. we haven't seen a lot of things that are are typical mm-hmm. of, of star wars or you know that if yeah. you had to ask anyone on the street hey tell me about star wars they'd say ah, oh, you know right. the force and uh the millennium falcon and uh lightsabers right. and stuff like that mm-hmm. we haven't seen any of that um no so you know, Mark, we could geek out about Star Wars all freaking day. Oh, uh, very, you know very what? easily, <laughs> yeah. very easily, and we would left our own we devices. Would. We act, we right. absolutely would. Absolutely. We'd sit and, and drink absolutely. our Star Wars drink and we'd talk about it. But you know what? Mm-hmm. The cool thing about Star Wars is not just that mm. it's a fun sci-fi fantasy show, but right. as you've already alluded to, the fact that it's really applicable to how we think about yeah. especially Empire in our lives. So let's let's listen to the drop. Let's come back. Let's talk about the social and political themes to Star Wars and more. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. Uh, you've joined us now for our Theo Politico uh, segment of the show. So I, I, I want to slowly build on the Theo Political here. We're going to lean pretty heavily towards political, although um, just because of the nature of the Gospels, it's also uh, theological. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the, the first big uh, key events 
that happens in this uh, in Andor it is Cassian ends up in a in a play, place where he's in an alley, and uh, mm-hmm. two premore authority kind of figures are I don't know they're shaking him down. It's not mm-hmm. quite clear, but he's they're trying to shake him down, and ultimately he ends up killing them. Right. And uh, as the news gets, like he goes back to his home planet and he realizes that probably that's going to cause a problem. But the, the thing that I, I'm curious about the statement that's being made and your thoughts on it are um, as he's back on his home planet, we cut back to uh, the, the pre-more authorities uh, in their home offices. And there's one particular um, character who who uh, his name's Karn, who's becoming sort of obsessed with who killed these folks and we need to do something about it. But his boss basically says, listen, um, these guys, who knows what they were doing? It could look bad for us. So maybe we shouldn't like really pay much attention. And, and, but, but, but Karn's like, look, they were killed. There's something wrong here. We need Mm -hmm. to do it. I'm curious, do you think, was it intentional of having the big boss say, hey, listen, no, don't worry about it. Is this basically a, a commentary on capitalism and that workers are expendable? Oh, now that's a, that's kind of an interesting thought about that. Uh, I, I like that. I hadn't thought about it particularly from that perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I had I had been thinking it more uh, in the in the perspective that, uh, just that this was a, a guy who who wanted to keep his his job and didn't want uh, and didn't want uh, anything right. to get in the way of but I guess of money making. So I, I think yeah. that makes a, a lot of sense, Mark. That uh, that uh, of course the the other the other side of that is had they left it alone. Um, everyone would have probably gone about their lives, uh, pretty, <laughs> right. You know, pretty, right. I mean, he wouldn't, Cassian wouldn't have been inspired to, to go and, uh, uh, join this, uh, this alliance. I don't know. Tell me, you've thought about this. Tell me, what are, what are you thinking? You think well, no, I, I think it's very capitalism? intentional. No, yeah. I think it's very intentional about capitalism and, and basically saying that, that, that workers are expendable. I think it's a, it's a strong commentary uh, that empires uh, really don't value workers. And I, I think they put it in there uh, intentionally. And I actually think that in the story, in ter- terms of storytelling, yeah. and I could be wrong on this, but I, 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 it's kind of what I felt about Riva when we were dealing with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel like this is a setup for Karn, for Deputy Inspector Cyril Karn. Uh-huh. I, I think... We're seeing him value life. Like Mm -hmm. I'm part of the system, but I value life. And so we should go out. So he's already, I mean, we're talking about rogue, right? Because this is Mm -hmm. a prequel to, to, he's going a little rogue here. He's going against his boss. He's pursuing what he needs to do. And he ultimately gets hurt by it. I kind of feel like what's going to happen here. And and I think this is an intentional commentary on how uh, empires end up hurting themselves much like I think that, that mm-hmm. Cassian is the same thing. The empire was um, um, going after environment, like abusing the environment and it ultimately yeah, impacted yeah. Cassian. He becomes ultimately a rebel. I kind of feel like we're going to see Karn turn here, just like I, I, I kind of thought Reva might. 
And I think this is the key piece is where his boss is saying, ah, they're expendable. Don't worry about them. Yeah. And there's this, this sort of moral certitude of him that people's lives matter mm. and that I, I need to pursue this anyway. So I, I do think that this is uh, an intentional uh, uh, put in there for saying the way that, that big business and, and capitalism and empire doesn't really care about people as much as they care about their higher needs and desires and concerns and all of that. And that it's also set up to show that because of that, they create their own enemies and sometimes from within. Cause I, I feel really strongly, I think Karn is going to turn. I mean, am I, am I, I, I think that's a good point. And, and, uh, the other thing, the thing that I appreciated about that whole sequence, too, was that, you know, it's also easy to generalize empire. And I feel like that's something that we we do a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, even today, we when we're talking about empire, it's it's easy to, to generalize and lump everyone in without realizing that there is maybe some dissension in there, too. And that's one of the things that I appreciated about this was it's nuancing that a bit, too. And to say, mm. hey, not everyone, not everyone in there necessarily agrees with what's happening and that there right. is room for some moral action, even within mm -hmm. kind of this this thing that may be ultimately evil, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who is a cog in the system is evil right. as well. Because I think that's something that we often do mentally is just think, well, that means that every person oh, yeah. who is somehow affiliated with the empire is, uh, is evil. And it's just like, when we think about, uh, you know, the, the empire, uh, the Roman empire in the gospels, right. To recognize that like, right. okay, well, Paul was a Roman citizen, right? Paul right. was a part of the empire, uh, mm -hmm. and also uh, and also Christian. And so I think that the nuancing of that is important. And uh, mm. uh, and I think that's one of the things that we see in shows like this that we don't get a lot if we're just watching the movies. We see maybe some redemptive arcs or something, but we don't get a lot of nuance to the characters who are participating in Empire. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Well, speaking of empire, I want to I, I want to yeah. read a quote to you. Yes, uh, from one of the actors in, in this, um, and it's uh, it's the actress that plays um, Cassian's adoptive mom, uh, Fiona mm -hmm. Shaw is the actress' name. Here, here's her quote about the show, and I I, I just want to get I'm going to read it and then I'm going to let you react. Here's her quote. Our world, our world is exploding in different places right now. People's rights are disappearing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Andor reflects that. In the show, the Empire is taking over, and it feels like the same thing is happening in reality, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a, that that's great. That's a great quote, and I I think right in a lot of respects that mm. you know it's felt like we were kind of at a boiling point for a long time, and I think especially, uh, you know, during the Trump presidency, it's felt like a boiling point, and it felt like. I, and things did explode to some extent with the January sixth insurrection, but oh, it, it felt like it, it felt like had Trump gotten elected again. Um, and that somehow things would have been even worse. And so it has felt a lot like 
uh, these themes of empire that even though the United States is empire and, you know, uh, and is oppressing others and even has colonies. We don't like to call them that, but we have you know, right. colonies, right, as, as empire. Mm-hmm. That even though we've been operating in that way, a lot of us have not, I don't think, viewed the United States as empire or as evil. Right. And so like a lot of the empire language in the Bible felt very kind of foreign until all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, uh, this, this can easily turn yeah. and, uh, and wow, the, it can be really evil. And so yeah. I, I think that, um, a lot of us began to feel that, that pressure from, you know, 2016 to 2020 in particular. And so mm-hmm. in, in star Wars, we see these people who are, who are giving, you know, their, their life to, to work on the, on this planet and, right. uh, and, and all it takes is this this one little bit of action for for them to really rebel. And I'm trying to remember the quote where, um, oh, it's a, so that character. She says, "This is what a reckoning looks like. This is what looks a like, reckoning yeah. sounds like." Uh, and so um, and so that's all it takes is that one final straw for those people to have had yeah. enough and, and rise up. And so. I, I am wondering what it takes for us to have had like a final straw to say, oh, uh, mm-hmm. we we have to do something about empire. Do you, yeah. do, what's so, the so, final so, straw, Mark? Well, I, I, I don't know, but I like your answer to this question. And it leads right into what I, is my follow-up question. So <laughs> is, is Star Wars mm-hmm. to the United States as revelation is to Rome. Hmm. So is it, uh, is it making all allegory tongue in cheek commentary about allegories pointing to the empire and, and, and and trying to reveal stuff uh, and ultimately be hopeful. Like, is this a a revelation in my opinion is ultimately trying to offer hope to Mm -hmm. folks under Roman oppression is Star Wars offering offering hope to folks who stand over and against authoritarian, uh, heavy-handed um, fascism, I, I, where conformity and control rule the day? I I like that reading. Um, I think though that one one issue is that okay, John John on Patmos, uh, you know, writing mm-hmm. allegorically and revelation about the Roman Empire was ultimately writing to people who were oppressed and wanting to give right. them hope, right? So he was writing to fellow Christians who were actively being persecuted by the Roman Empire. Star Wars tends to appeal in particular to kind of white male, uh, white male nerds uh, in the United right. States, right? Who are um, who are already in a position of power. So mm-hmm. if if it is in a position to people who are in a position of power, does it have the opposite effect of like escapism from the real life issue? If it's not, no, I think, to I think that's who an are issue. actively yeah. being oppressed. I think that's an interesting approach to the question, but I also say, like, it's not simply just a white male geeks. It appeals to a lot of folks. And I wonder if it's slightly more sophisticated than Revelations in that it is trying to speak to people who may not realize how oppressed they actually are. And I'm not just saying white male geeks. Folks who maybe uh, look up to and worship the empire 
and don't realize what uh, their life looks like because of their devotion to the empire. And it might be this story of trying to say, recognize what's really going on here because not only your life, but the lives of other people that the empire is impacting could, could, could be changed. If you would just open your freaking eyes and, and, and see the damage that's happening. I, I, mean, I, I think one issue is that a lot of folks don't make the connection with the United States actually being empire and oppressive. Agreed. And so I think that's yeah. one of the primary issues of our time is that we have this narrative that, you know, the United States is all this place where people have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and it's a place where people are self-made and it's a, a place that is a mixing pot. And a, a lot of that just isn't really true. You know? right. And so no. I think a, a lot of people have failed to recognize the, the fact that the United States has done a lot of things that are really evil, <laughs> not just mm -hmm. morally problematic, but are, are doing things yeah. that are really evil. And so as I was talking about a minute ago in terms of like us having colonies, I mean, I think Puerto Rico is a case in point of how we've done this, right? Sure. So we've, so we've disenfranchised these American citizens. Um, and Puerto Rico is in this enormous debt to the United States. Uh, it has no representation in Congress other than observer status, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so right. Uh, so we actively oppress the, the, the people of Puerto Rico um, and keep them intentionally in poverty by holding uh, by holding billions of dollars of debt over their head. Uh, so right. I, I think that I think that's one of the issues that I'm not sure how we quite come to terms with, and that's that's how we we recognize the United States role as empire. Um, and I yeah, don't know no. how it is that we make that connection for folks. Well, I, I, I don't know how either. And I think, unfortunately, the connection just isn't being made because even the folks who should recognize it are, are, are kind of just so, use, I'm going to use the word patriotic, at least in terms of how it's being presented. Like you, you, you feel like you're betraying, like in air quotes, patriotic. Yeah. You feel like you're betraying your nation if you question all of that. Um, in, in a lot of ways, it just makes me remember uh, Padme's quote, uh, so this is how liberty dies with thunderous mm -hmm. applause. Uh -huh. I kind of like mm -hmm. that's one of those lines that for me just shows what Star Wars is really about is that mm -hmm. this this un this uh, 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 willingness to support uh, uh, empire that's destroying lives mm -hmm. and just buy into it over false patriotism or whatever. Yeah, like there the. And, and even like you're talking about uh, January 6th, there's a little bit of that. There was a whole group of, of our society that was applauding all of this that would happen, happening. But in the end, it's the, that, that is one of the beginnings of the death of any liberty that might ever happen. So, all right, listen, we could go on and on with this. There's this I, I think it just shows what an incredibly deep story Andor is mm. if you like sit, sit with it for a little bit. Right. But- we are running out of time for our show, so we're not going to go any deeper than that. But we will come back and uh, have one of our favorite segments together uh, as we each work our best to make our co-host look stupid.
everybody, and welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are entering our final segment, the Make Me Look Stupid segment, where we ask each other <laughs> questions and try to make each other look stupid. Now, Mark is often so benevolent mm. to let me go first. And so today, I thought that I might uh. extend him the same <laughs> courtesy. Damn it! And, and, <laughs> and Mark, today... I knew it was going to bite me in the butt first. sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, Following your lead, Mark. Fair enough. I knew it was going to get me sooner or later. Okay. So here's my question. Okay. Um, Andor, obviously... Uh, focuses around Cassie and Andor. And in Rogue One, mm -hmm. Andor says that he's been involved in the battle against the Empire since he was six years old. Mm -hmm. In Rogue One, uh, he says six years old. In this, in Andor, we've seen him on a planet probably around what, ages 10 to 12? Uh-huh, that's what it looks uh, like. It's a group of other kids that seem to uh -huh. be forming their own kind of like, I don't know, like tribe or whatever and surviving. So my question to you is, where was Cassie when he was six years old? H how was he involved? Like, what? Like, what's that coming from, man? Yeah, yeah, you know, he was involved in some kind of secret uh, fighting alliance that he had to keep secret between. The no, well, look, just a few here's, years, a few no. years after, after he's like on a planet with like like just kids like surviving as a tribe. Like, yeah, which is another, in... which is another weird thing that I I want to know more about. Like, where were all the adults? No, look, I think here's what I think about this. I I, I think that a right. lot of times we make we make sense of things retroactively. You know, like okay. um, uh, that that when we look back, we we look back and say, well, you know, I was I've been fighting this since I was since I was six years old. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, if you think you think back to your, your childhood and you think about how it is that you that you've done things. And so I think we do this a lot with a lot of things in our lives. We um, we say, you know what? Uh, well, let's take our faith journey, for instance. You know, like, right. uh, I think that that moment uh, was a, a moment that, that really inspired me. Like for me, like right. I, I remember a, a mission trip that I went on and uh, mm -hmm. I went and I helped in a, a homeless shelter. And so right. like retrospectively, that's important to why I entered ministry. At the time, did mm -hmm. I have any idea that that was important to me? I, I don't know. It's something that I've made sense right. of, made meaning of over the years. I think if we're talking practically, they probably made a continuity error and uh, forgot <laughs> <laughs> and forgot that they said that. All right, um, all right. Uh, and I, what do you think, Mark? Do you think there's something I, more intentional? Than I, a I, I don't know. Here? I think there might be. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think the fact that there's this group of kids on a planet with no adults is, yeah. is a little too remarkable for there not to be a story behind it. I'm wondering if there isn't a backstory to that that we're going to find out about, that at the age of six, that there was something where his parents were involved and he was tangentially involved and they end up crashing on the planet and all the adults somehow don't. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I just know that uh, you're a smart guy. The question was bothering me. So I was really hoping you'd figure it out for me. <laughs> well, 
Well, I, I, I figured it out by dismissing it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> two know? different ways. You didn't, you didn't just dismiss it. You dismissed it two different ways. I did. You're like, you're like one, that's how the human mind works. And two, continuity <laughs> issues, they screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Well played. Well I, played. Hope, <laughs> I, I hope we'll, we'll, find, we'll get a little more answer. Okay. So, uh, so you mentioned this scene earlier, and I'm really intrigued about this dinner party. It was something that yeah. really grabbed on to me. I think because we got to go to the, you know, the Capitol, and we got to mm-hmm. we got to see the senator that we kind of knew but didn't know a whole lot about, and we get to see her plotting and her mm-hmm. uh, relation uh, with her husband. And so uh, this got me wondering, and I'm curious yeah. what you think about this, Mark. You know, there are a lot of uh, backroom deals that that go on uh, with, sure. with uh, our senators and representatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm curious right now at this point in time, uh, who are the people that you would lift up as people who are maybe doing uh, the best work to dismantle U.S. empire? Uh, who who are are, are there Gosh. any are there good are there good senators and representatives who are really working mm. uh, either publicly or behind the scenes to to do some real good work to break down empire? Wow, I, that yeah, great question. I, I think there there definitely are. I, I, I'm only going to lift up one, and only because of uh, n- not currently serving, hoping mm. to serve, and because of location. And that's Beto O'Rourke. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that he, when you listen to his platform, which has been his platform the last time he ran, um, is very interested in breaking down the system that has built up and, and how damaging it can be and supporting those who it hurts the most. And I really think with the direction that Texas is heading in, that we need someone like him to be elected to uh, change the course uh, of of the of, of where Texas is heading, uh, and it's interesting that in such a uh, very conservative state that has continually tipped its hat more and more towards that way, that he seems to be doing pretty well. Like it gives me yeah. some real hope. I mean. I don't know. Do you have, do you have folks like him that you, that you would lift up as like the the there's sort of like for me he's sort of like a folk hero. He's 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 I I have a lot of respect for who he is and and his platform and and what he's trying to do in the system. Or do you have? Folks? I think you're, I think he's a great example, especially considering uh, the person he's running against and exactly as mm. you said, the place mm. he is. Um, yeah, I would say Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, oh, is absolutely. another good example AOC, of someone yeah. who who's kind of a folk story, you know, coming uh, yep. coming from the where she comes from in New York and uh, representing people and really doing a lot of work to break down the system and to speak the truth in power. I mean, people have been so cruel to her simply because of, of who she is and because she's an articulate woman, you know, who stands for something and is passionate and people have been Mm -hmm. awful. And so uh, her ability to speak the truth in power and to stay true to who she is, when I'm sure it would be much, much easier not to is uh, a good example. People like that are people who give me hope that like, 
okay, maybe there is some goodness in the system. Maybe there is some <laughs> redemption possible. But well, I, I mean, I, I mean, don't I don't know, think there's but... any goodness in the system. But we certainly have some people getting in the system who come from the right places and 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 give us some, in my opinion, hope for fixing the system. Maybe. I. I like that. I, I would love to believe that, you know, as that we really could live in a representative democracy, but eh, <laughs> who knows? Who yeah. knows at this point? So, online, uh, uh, one of our viewers, Ellen Green, who, who's a loyal listener, uh, also lifted up Pete Buttigieg, which, of course, I mean, he, he is doing great work, has since he was a mayor. Uh, and even even now uh, is, is continually moving the system in a healthier place, supporting other folks. The other thing I really appreciate about Pete Buttigieg is that he is like an authentic progressive Christian uh, and mm -hmm. that he, he doesn't have any issues with uh, being able to speak uh uh, passionately and articulately about how like uh, LGBT issues are compatible with Christianity and uh, yeah, about how absolutely. demanding justice for, for those in need are compatible with uh, Christianity. And so I think the fact that mm -hmm. when he was campaigning, he was doing so with the poor people's campaign was, was oh, yeah. very uh, emblematic of the kind of leader he is. So I have hope for him agree. too. Okay, well, hey, we've asked each other some some questions. I, I agree, yeah. great questions today, Mark. Great conversation. Yeah, but we got to close it out, man. Uh, and we Indeed, be thinking unfortunately, about what we're gonna do next week, right? Because we we could yeah. talk about Star Wars for a whole another week, but we're not. Going to. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are we so gonna watch next week? Let's do something a little different. We we tend okay. to like. Uh, talk about things that are coming up and about to happen or happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back. There is a, a, a underwatch show on Netflix. that's based on a comic book, uh, a graphic novel that I think deserves some real attention. Uh, it, it came out, I think in 2020 and it's called, I am not okay with this. And uh, mm. the, the very simple description is it's about a teenager who navigates the complexities of high school, family, and her sexuality while dealing with superpowers. Oh, um, yeah, I, I th it, it should be good. Uh, I, it, it, uh, it, it's very intriguing for sure, for sure. And I, I think I'm we can have a great conversation. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe there is yeah. anything from 2020 that went unwatched. <laughs> that was good and redeeming. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it. I've never seen it. <laughs> How in the world did this escape us? And it's 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 uh <laughs> it's I think seven episodes, and each episode's only about 30 minutes, so it's it's literally okay. bingeable in an evening. We can do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, let's do that and encourage everybody to watch it with us. Okay, well that sounds good. Cheers to you, Mark. Cheers to all of you out there. Grogu is gone, but you can still kind of see him there. Cheers to all uh, of you. Uh, yeah, you still got some, don't you? Yeah, well, there might be a little tiny bit in the bottom, but I'm pretty much at the bottom as well. You're, you've finished yours, too. Okay, we finished yeah, our drinks, and we hope to see you next time on the Moonshine Jesus Show. Moonshine Jesus, nobody.